Welcome aboard the Power Up with Manal podcast, your go-to source for inspiring entrepreneurship, leadership, and mental fitness development. Get ready to push your limits mentally and come away feeling like a turbocharged version of yourself. The Power Up team is genuinely so humbled and grateful to have the outstanding Ashik Kaku on our podcast today. Not only is he an accomplished finance executive and the CEO of Wipe Out Kids Cancer, a nonprofit that's changing and impacting lives, he also is here to share something that's so hard to speak about, mental health. While we usually delve into the extensive accomplishments and journeys of our guests, today we're going to take a slight detour and focus on this incredible topic. We thank him for being real, for wearing his emotions out on camera, which I know is not easy to do. And if anything, we are just incredibly honored and so admired by Ashik's courage and strength. Let's dive and take the first step into normalizing the conversation around mental health and leadership. Ashik, welcome to the Power Up with Manal podcast. I am so honored to have you here. We have had amazing conversations since the day we have met. We met at a Columbia alum uh, meetup, and I just happened to get invited. And uh, you know, we we've gone from discussions about business and you know impacts happening in the world where we are evolving to. But one thing that sort of stayed steady, I feel for many generations and where humans, we are challenged, is really how to deal with our mental health. Um, it has been taboo in many eras and still in many cultures. It isn't widely discussed. Um, and you know, it being Mental Health Month, um, I loved you know, that you had suggested that we do this podcast during this month and talk about this. Um, I would love for the audience to hear from you a little bit about who you are and do an intro and, you know, what you sort of feel about, you know, the importance of mental health. Sure, sure. Well, I'm, I'm grateful for this platform, Manal. You're doing such great work in the community and for you to step out and take this moment of, of importance for what we're talking about, I'm, I'm really honored to be part of it and, and congratulations with all you've done. and. Our conversations, to your point, have been intimate, and it's been quickly intimate, which has been amazing, and talking about families and, and challenges, and you know, we, we weaved our way towards mental health and talked about that, and I'm, I've been a, a member of the mental health community for 38 years, oh, wow. and it's been, it's been a very interesting journey. I mean, being part of a, of, of a first-generation Indian family where mental health is a taboo, you don't talk about it, my dad would take me to my first psychiatrist at 17 and leave me there and never chat about what happened. And all those iterations of a child, how do you navigate through something you've never been part of and you have no one to talk to? Right. And so <clears throat> you, you go through those episodes and, you, and, you, and you, you, you're patient, you're struggling, you're, you're challenged. You know, ultimately the net of it is I've, I've realized that you know, I, was, I was misdiagnosed many years ago. Oh and given a sort of a, a toe tag of this is what he's got and every other doctor has said, okay, this is what we're gonna treat. And only very recently have I realized that that's a misdiagnosis and I finally accepted my space in this community. But along the way, I've learned to become a leader because thankfully I feel like I'm an active member in the mental health community and there's so many people that have more challenges than I. 
So the idea of having to be a, a, a leader and a, and a pioneer to get those people out of the back, out of the background into the foreground is my legacy. Well, thank you, thank you for you know sharing and being vulnerable. You know, I I talk about this in other podcasts um, where we don't we 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 are evolving, mm -hmm. and this isn't new. But I think the pandemic has sort of brought to light, and with all the changes that we're having, that the traditional ideal of what a leader is, is also sort of maybe not the right type of leader. Mm -hmm. um, there are many, and I, I was at this amazing um, Duke EdCorp uh, luncheon yesterday, mm -hmm. and there were educators there talking about this, how they've been studying quite extensively why we are challenged as a society. And the challenges stem from, one, we use soft skills as if they're ancillary. But sure. soft skills are the skills. Sure. And how the number one sort of top priority for a leader is empathy. Yes. So yes. it's interesting how, you know, you sort of merged being part of the mental health community and leadership. And it's almost like you had to justify it. Mm -hmm. But it's... It's almost like that's the way maybe it should be, or maybe sure. that works for you and everybody has a journey, right? Sure. Um, but empathy is key. Yes. Compassion is key. We are missing in society, I feel, sometimes, at times, a little bit of that empathetic community, you know, feeling. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's an issue. And in remote work, it's an issue. In our homes, it's an issue. Um, in society as a whole, especially as AI comes in yep. and we are learning to live, whether we like it or not, yep. right? It's happening. Yep. So where we're gonna live in this sort of like, I don't know, what do you call it? Is there like a technical term? I don't know, it's a journey. Human it's, slash artificial intelligence. Oh yeah, sure. It's, we're kind like of in a transition. A transition. <laughs> we, we still have input, but maybe not for long, but yeah. So, and it all stems from mindset. If, oh, beautifully said, honestly. Right? That's the center point for everything. Is mindset. Yes, and whether it be business, whether it be family, whether it be mental health, whether it be struggles, it's how you take those challenges that you cannot control that happen in life and how you process them. And I tell my kids this all the time. There are two forks in the road. One is a negative mindset, one is a positive. You're gonna get to the same juncture and how you operate, you'll get to the same endpoint, but the journey will be so different. Right. I was talking to my, seven, my 16 year old son last night, I said, look, I'm doing this podcast tomorrow with Manal and I'm doing it for mental health. What are you thinking about that? Dad, you're changing lives. That was his first comment. That was you're, your 16 you're, year old? You're changing lives. And oh, wow. <laughs> It's, 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 we have to be stalwart about it because we can't be bashful because this is, right. we have been upside down on this for, you know, the Kennedy family put their daughter into a, into a schizophrenic institution to challenge, we're, we're, we've got to do something different about that. We cannot be passive. We don't have to be overly aggressive, but we just have to get the message out there with empathy, with compassion, because it's a very sensitive topic. Right. And it's easy to alienate people if you message it the wrong way. Right, 100%. But at the same time, if you message it the right way, you will open doors of conversation that will change lives. So you sat with your 16-year-old. Yes. And you 
told your 16 year old about what you were going to talk about and how you are impacted by it. Yes. As parents, as leaders, we don't do that. Most of us don't do that because we feel like we have to have this sort of like armor, right? Because we Absolutely. are in a leadership position. A parent is in a leadership position, sure. in my opinion. I totally um, agree. What is your sort of viewpoint on that? Because I love that you shared that. Yeah, well, it's always been about transparency. And, and, you know, we have been through challenges. We have been through transitional challenges where I've been out of work and I've been trying to find my new journey. And it's all been amazingly great. But during those challenges, my goal was to say, Theo is watching. My 16-year-old is watching. Yeah. At that time, he was 12. How do you make this adverse situation the best experience for him so he learns how to deal with adversity? I love this. So we were just, we were transparent. We were even very aware of this is a team game, so we're all going to need input. And, and then during my second transition, when we, we didn't tell my kids about it, we were kind of keeping things under the radar, my oldest boy, we sat them in the room and I had what I thought was a solution to the job search. And I said, we're, we're in a good place now. And he said, Dad, I get why you told. We, we, we'd paused with them for about six months just mm -hmm. to keep them situated. They were going through college. It was a, a, a different life cycle they were part of. Wesley was starting college. Chakali was getting ready to go to, go to, high, go to college. And it was, they were, had more stuff on their plate that, that we, we decided to pause. But Wesley came to me and said, look, this next time, this, if this ever happens again, we want to know day one. <clears throat> because <clears throat> because it's impactful. We're part of the family. That's we we yeah. want day one. We want to know exactly what's going on because we want to be part of it. I admire, I admire your strength to tell your children that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because I feel like more we should be helping our children learn from us as coaches. You know how to deal with adverse adversity challenging situations and times and this even goes for business and leaders right like when things are not going right yes it's very important you know to keep poise but it's also okay to be like look this is a tough time and i right now don't know how to deal with it yeah. but together as a team as a family we will solution it right yeah. i think that goes a long way rather than keeping individuals or families in the dark. I think you're absolutely right. And I'll give you a perfect example. I've started a new, a new mission. And so I'm in, I've started with a new company. I'm there for two weeks. Oh, wow. And we have a check-in every morning about what you're doing for the game plan. Oh, wow. And I said, I'm going to talk about mental health. Today's my first day to talk about mental health. Now, I didn't tell them why. I didn't tell them what. But it's out there. It's two weeks into a job. And I've disclosed this with all sincerity and all transparency. And where it goes, I, I don't really... I hope it goes, you know, to a direction where we can talk about it openly because we need to, and 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 whether it does or doesn't, that's fine. But my point is, I don't have any energy to be to hide these things. It takes too much work to hide things. It's it's more easy for me to just be transparent and let all the stigma and everything else fall out where it may. Yeah. So when you were seventeen, yes. you sort of did you tap on your parents to take you to a for therapy or did they suggest it or was it so taboo that you sort of had to mm. break boundaries this like I'm a, just curious you're breaking into really tough tough questions that I haven't un unraveled no no this is great I wrote a letter to my dad and put it in his bathroom drawer 
when I was 17. And it was a letter that was, Dad, do you love me? It was a, it was a, fi a five page letter. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry, Ashik. No, no, this is I, part I, of it. And thank you for, for no. sharing your journey because yeah. I do feel, I do feel there are others out there today where this problem hasn't been solved. Yeah, no, th yeah this is not about me at all. This is about the one person who's sitting in the room yeah. that, that I was sitting with. And maybe it helps one person. So I'm perfectly comfortable yeah. as long as you can edit out the tears and the emotion. No, we but, don't. There's no need to. But, but, I think that's okay. I think yeah. it's... But to I get think, back to your question, yeah. I and he realized, let's get you some help. So he had an associate. He was a pediatrician, my father. And his best asset and his best idea was to get his colleague, who was a psychiatrist, into a room and have me do therapy. Now, this psychiatrist, we go into the office 45 minutes. He'd never say a word. It was a monologue. I, was, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. But he'd give me eyebrows and... and facial expressions, but never any words. Now, I couldn't take that back to my dad because kind of take care of this problem with this person. Right. And it wasn't, how did it go? It was no feedback. So I was living in kind of a maze of, this was this what psychotherapy is all about because it was my first experience. Wow. So long story short, I had a, a myriad of characters. The woman who I thought misdiagnosed me told me that she was bipolar, which was my diagnosis. She, she told me that, oh, I'm bipolar, and I think you are as well. And that's how the diagnosis landed. Oh, wow. And so... Was this uh, in your youth or this was, as an adult? No, this was 35 years. So this was 18 years later. Oh, wow. Okay. When I was 35 years old. Okay. And so then, from then, I was carrying... I was like, I, I, I do bad analogy, but I was carrying a label. This is what he's got. And everyone kind of said, okay, this is what we'll treat. Yeah. Because it was very rudimentary. And then I was part of the military uh, VA, VA system and... But at some point I said, "This is, I don't buy this. I don't feel this. I can't, un, I can't embrace this because I don't believe it. So I was, I was struggling. And eventually I found a, a therapist who helped me. And what helped Manal was not anybody, one person, but it was the work I did. So the yeah. message to people who are struggling with mental health for me is you need to do the work. Right. No one's going to give you a pill or an advice or anything, an hourly session that's going to do the work for you. Right. It's a 24-7, 365 process. Yeah. Health, exercise, eating properly, sleeping, taking care of yourself. And I assume a lot of self-reflection. A lot of work. It's a, right? it's, it's, it's a full-time job, but it's about yourself. And there came to a place where I couldn't talk to anybody else because I was working on myself. My kids would have dinner on the side table the dining table, and I'd be in my office studying and learning, and I became a man of faith during this journey, and I would read scripture, and I would get, I had to find myself. Yeah, Before you had lost I, yourself. I hadn't even, I didn't even know myself. I didn't yeah. even know myself to lose myself. I didn't even discover myself. Right. I was a very passive participant in my life. But I feel like there's so many people that face that today that yeah. don't, might not even recognize it. Because we generally, individuals, right, we go through life, we are busy, and it's very easy to avoid, right, self-reflection and um, really understanding self. This goes to so many things, right? Like, unless you are comfortable, and I, I say this, you know, to my students, sure. and I'm like, when you look in the mirror, and that person that you see, and the thoughts that are in your head, there is not one soul, not one soul, that knows your true self. 
except for you. Because yeah. that third eye that you can unlock is your ticket to having, no, I'm not saying you'll be successful or whatnot, I think it leads to success, but it now allows you to evolve. Sure. Because now you're accepting, right, that hey, I may not be okay here. I may not be able to do this. Yeah. I need to put boundaries here, right? Um, and, and knowing thyself helps you sort of create your own blueprint in a way, like your GPS to guide you, right? Absolutely. You're solutioning Absolutely. for oneself, right? We don't do that enough, I don't think. I, I, correct, and then the question, the challenge for me is, because you're right, and you've said it so perfectly, that it's taking time to find the pieces to my puzzle. Yeah. But I have the pieces and they're in place. And now I'm I'm ready to give back because I know I can and I and I know that's my that's my service. That's my that's my identity. Right. I, I move from corporate finance role to, to running a charity in this transition. And I ran a charity called Wipeout Kids Cancer and it was game changer for me because oh, wow. it became about feeding others right. and, and, and working for families who had it much worse than I did. Right. And how do, you, how do you mitigate that pain and that, and that frustration? And that, was, and that plus my faith became components to say, okay, Ashik, everything you do is service forward. Everything you do is about how to help others. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a game changer. And now it's about, it's like I was telling, I was telling Terry earlier, it's, it's a hair on fire event. This is not a drill. You have to get the message out as many forums as possible. Yes. Because there are so many people that need help. So what do you say to families or to individuals that, you know, it's still such a taboo. Yeah. You know, there are people that will walk life and say, no, we should talk about our emotions, right? Yeah. But will not. Sure. Because subconsciously, it's still a taboo for them. You know what I mean? It's almost like, I remember, now this is a simple example, and it not really has to do with mental health, but you know, I, I generally, as I was growing up, I was a little bit of a you know, driven overachiever, maybe a little bit of a perfectionist, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was also a very compassionate and empathetic leader, so I would be very okay with my teams or even my own children, when they made mistakes, when they fail, when mm -hmm. decisions didn't go right, and I would coach them through, and I'd be like, it's okay, that's what life's about. But then I realized when it was myself who made that mistake, or who did not achieve in something I thought I was set to achieve, I was so hard on myself, because I didn't allow myself to forgive myself or accept you know, that for me. Yeah. And I feel like, for, with mental health, that's also very similar situations. Like when I was going through extreme, I and I, I would say it's extreme burnout. Sure. Um, this happened for me um, right, I think, af right after the pandemic. So like yeah. maybe six, seven months. Into, and it had nothing to do with the pandemic, actually. Sure. It was about um, my career and shifting out of my career. Um, and it, it, it all had to do with all things, not the pandemic. Interestingly, it just happened to be the same time. Yeah. But I feel like I probably was going through that for a good five to six years before that moment. Yeah. But I never allowed myself to accept 
that I was in burnout because I was this superwoman and I was super mom and I was super executive and yeah. with that I was like super marathon runner and I did you yeah. know all, all these, these things and look at me yeah. I'm like you know yeah. I'm superwoman yeah. and um and I didn't you know like it was so dangerous because all I was doing was pushing 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 through yeah. and I do I mean there are moments where you do have to push through I'm not saying but when it's constant and it's not right for you, yeah. um, I came to a point where my whole world, like literally my whole world came crashing down. And I remember this distinctly because it was my 40th birthday. Mm. And I, I, everything came, like everything came crashing down. And I think it was supposed to. Yeah. I genuinely feel I was supposed to go through this journey because now it has opened me up to be maybe the individual I was meant to be because now I had time to reflect, I had time to think, I cried a lot, yeah. I did a lot of nothings when I was always busy working, I, I had moments, bouts where I wasn't working, you know, um, and I still had mouths to feed, so it was like, you know, very challenging, right, and you sure. know how that is, um, but that that's the issue, the issue is we don't accept, mm -hmm. we tell others, we coach others, but how do we, how do you, how do you help people understand that they have to accept that these things are okay? Well, I think in your description of your journey, yes, I think you described what worked for me. So what worked, and I really can't comment about anybody else. I can tell you what worked for me. Sure. Right? Getting discovery of who I am allowed me to get the confidence of what I'm about and then gave me the infrastructure to go out and, and help others. Right. And talk about things, about any topic under the sun. There's no boundary in that sense anymore because the worst thing I can do is, as a disservice to anybody, is to give them guardrails of, oh, we can't talk about this. Yeah. Because you, you, then, you then have a barrier that might be, if you lifted that barrier, you might be helpful to that person. You right. might give them an opening to say, hey, thanks for bringing that up. Hey, thanks for talking about that. It really helped them. But if you don't provide that access, they go around and, and they have to figure out how to discover it from themselves. So for parents who are struggling with topics like mental health, I say, just get, in, get immersed in it. Get in, immersed in it. We had a, 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 a tragedy happen in Allen two weeks ago. Oh my gosh. And I went there the week after to go see the, there's a memorial up there. And you sit there and you're like, okay, what do you do what is it going to take for us to talk to our kids about things? About right. is it going to take these types? It doesn't have to. Get in front of it and tell your kids. What do you you know? Have the conversations, because the more you pretend you, you you portray access to your children, the more that they will uncover things that are troubling them, and they will be able to get out to the front, and they don't have to sort of hide behind this veil of of embarrassment or stigma yeah. or child or we don't talk about this just talk about it well and that also helps prepare children who then will go into adulthood yeah. prepare to deal with situations in Precisely. life um, just for those listening Ashik is talking about the shooting that happened in the Allen outlet malls here mm -hmm. in uh, the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex yes. which was such a sad moment for us as a community I don't think there's been such a big event like that in our in Dallas Fort Worth ever like I, I've been here since 1998 I you know like I moved to Dallas then and yeah. I you know I just cannot recall so it was very shocking yeah. 
And you're right, like it's, it's a sad moment. And how do we talk about difficult situations? And I, I do feel, you know, I have parents who challenge this. Mm -hmm. And I have parents who are like, well, you can't just put this in front of them or this in front of, you know, th this age group or whatnot. But then my, my rebuttal there is, but there's a way you say things. Yeah. You see, one size does not fit all. Correct. And it's the, the importance of how we articulate a particular situation to different individuals matters. Mm -hmm. It matters. Yes. You are going to talk, of course, you are know your audience, right? You're going to talk to an eight-year-old very differently than you would talk to a 16-year-old about a situation like this. Don't sit them both in the same room and talk about it. Absolutely right. right? Yeah. And I think that's... I think that's the balance individuals need to find or maybe also learn that you're talking to different people yeah. with different ways of processing information. And this goes for why this is so important from a leader perspective as well, right? Mm -hmm. And knowing how they process information, how they take um, news, right? How you need to talk to them or coach them is very critical before you breach a conversation. Definitely, and there's, uh, there's resources out there. So the National Association of Mental Illness is a, is a group that will provide, because no, we don't, we don't, we don't, there's no playbook about being a parent. There's no playbook about being a mom or a dad, never mind mental health discussions. There's right. no, but, but these groups like NAMI will provide that because they have to help us get the message out in the right way. Oh, really? I didn't know oh, that. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, as, a, as a result of this 37-year journey, I've become a peer-to-peer -peer expert in the, NAMI in the NAMI space. Okay. There's there's resources out there. You know, they talk about grief counseling when these things happen. Yes. But, you know, these people are not just waiting for something to happen. They're there 24-7. Yeah. There's, a, there's, a, there's resources out there. So where would one go? If you go to www.nami.org, Okay. You can then regionalize where you where you live and where your resources are, and anybody will pick up. I've dealt with people in Seattle during COVID. I had NAMI sessions in Seattle. I had NAMI sessions in Louisiana. I was sitting in my Allen, Texas office and just having conversations. And everybody wants to help. It's just getting the getting the people to ask for the help. Yeah. And it's it's very systematic. It's very consistent. It's very empathetic, and it makes it not easy, but it makes it available and you, you can even practice how you talk to your kids they they'll do these sessions so you get comfortable yes it's so important that we get that across um, I also feel like it's so important in today's environment because our youth and this goes for new entries in the workforce also yeah. um, they have a lot of information at their fingertips their mind is filled with constant you know, feeds, right? Yes. Um, and I'm not just talking about social media, just generally, like yeah. there's just a lot of information. Sure. Like we think about the way we grew up, we didn't really have all that information. Okay. We had information in books and encyclopedias and maybe the small community we were part of, but there wasn't a World Wide Web or mobile, you know, smartphones or anything like that that generated like a plethora of information. Correct. Now the information, there's so much positive to it, right? Yeah. But the downside is they're also overly, it's, it, it's like a lot of processing all the time. Like there's a lot of complexity now that's mm -hmm. coming to little kids and young adults who are now having to deal with complex, mature, yeah. um, you know, solutioning or dealing with certain situations. And 
you know, they're they're feeling it at a younger age. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, like what I knew at 17 versus what my son knows at 17 is a world of a difference. For sure, for sure. I mean, I feel like I was living in this little bubble world compared to my son. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and you know, it's it's challenging. And I think we are we have to acknowledge that and start with our youth because they are the future. For sure. And they they need to understand how to navigate um, mindset and deal with complex situations, how to focus and deal, you know, narrow down all the information they have. Like I feel like they almost have to be trained now for tomorrow's workforce and yeah. society. I, I, absolutely, and, and unfortunately, it's not part of the textbook school mentality to teach that. It is not. No one's really working towards that goal of teaching, like you said earlier, the soft skills. Right. And so... I'm, I'm erasing soft skills from the vocabulary. Right. And it's, These skills. It's not, it's, <laughs> it's, not, it's not a Texas mandated, you know, in this state, tech, the schools managed to the Texas system and there's, it's not part of the system. Managed to a test? Managed to a test. Get the STAR test done. Get right. your APs done. Right. The soft skills are the gap. And so how do you close that gap? You, you have to, like you said, there's a lot of content online. There's, you, know, you, you pray that the children are watching positive content because they could easily be bringing up negative content and yeah. be equally immersed in that dialogue. Sure, and we, we, have, we cannot be naive to think that they're not. Yeah, and you have to be proactive about it. And this, these are your kids' lives. I mean, these are your kids' futures. And if you want to invest, it's not expensive. It's, there's no investment of financials. It's time conversation communication which is all cheap and free but you have to immerse yourself and get involved but you, you see immersing yourself and getting involved equates to you accepting yeah. that there are situations like that in life right yeah, and how absolutely. do you how how do you go about navigating as a lifelong coach which that's what mm -hmm. i believe a leader and a parent is in every facet of life be community family right workforce the faith force everything you're as a leader you have to be nimble enough to talk about all these topics yes and, and you have to accept these topics sure. i mean how many people have you dealt with that don't believe yeah right yeah. and i you know i was not one of those people but I believed I was not allowed to show it. Yeah. You know? And that has a little bit to do with like cultures and communities sure. and, you know, um, societal expectations. So to that, to this point. Yes. You know, and how does one, because we are so, it's so ingrained in us to be accepted in society, mm -hmm. um, to walk cautiously because we fear judgment, mm -hmm. um, to not fail because what will others, I mean, most people fear failure, why? More because they fear what other people will think more than the actual failure itself, right? Yeah. Because if you didn't have that fear, right? Yeah. Then you would pick up the pieces, be like, you know what? Okay, I can only move forward, right? How do I fall forward? Right. But we have this shield yeah. and it is almost a shield in society that's very dangerous. Yes. This this judgment, this you know, um, sort of norms that are accepted, right? Yeah. And of course, that has to be balanced, also. But how how did you 
sort of because you did breach through it right yeah, yeah. you said you grew up in a household that sure. you know you mental health was not a topic you did not speak of it right. right even when you sought help you didn't even talk about what the help was right. inside the house right? right how did you sort of change your how did that evolution of mindset happen where you were able to break through break through i think it became um i think the primary element was I wanted to change the trajectory of my children's future. So I didn't want them to go through the same, sort of the same cycle, cycle thank you, of what I went through because it didn't work. Now, I'm not faulting my parents. I, they did the best they could. Oh, yeah. But, but we have more information now and what do you do with that information? Exactly. And so for me, it's, it's you know, it's, it's yelling at the rooftops. This is not going to go away, guys. And we're going to figure it out and we're going to talk about it and it's now, it's, we all have a universe that we, that we have influence, whether right. it be children or business partners or leaders. We have that, I have that responsibility to echo that and share that. And some people will, will be judgmental and they'll, it's not for them. And I'm okay with that because somebody will be receptive to it. There's, if this affects one person, right. we've made an impact. And, you, and then you just keep having the conversations and keep going on it and keep going. And, but being empathetic and not being, you, you can easily alienate people by how you message it. And you have to be very, I have to be very mindful of that as well. Um, but I also know that practice makes perfect and you keep practicing it. Right, so. well that's the thing, right? I think you said this really well, but if you are sort of breaking a barrier, mm -hmm. right, I do believe in every family, in every culture, in every evolution of business or technology, you're breaking some sort of barrier. Sure. But when you break the barrier, the biggest, I would say, skill set to learn or behavior or mindset shift that you need to have is accepting. You have to accept, right, the outcomes. Mm -hmm. If you believe in something, right, you have to accept the outcome that, you know what, not everybody's going to understand. Yeah. Right? You may lose some people along the way, and it's saddening. I'm not saying it's, it's a happy ride. Sure. But sometimes people will distance themselves because you are going down a different path. And they don't mean any bad, and yeah. you don't, there are no ill intentions. It's just you have to accept that as you evolve, as you break, and disrupt right mm -hmm. that you will face you know situations that are not comfortable but you have to accept that the value that you're giving to whatever you're breaking through means more than the acceptance right yep. of maybe a community or a society or whatnot for sure and, and just to build on what you just said when you get that resistance you have to be accepting of that resistance. Yes, you, you have, have to accept to be, that they, they have a different yeah. viewpoint. If you, if you get too assertive and try to push your agenda, you will create more barriers. Yes. You have to be res responsive to people's, what they hear and how they react. Exactly, 100%, and I am guilty of this. Yeah. I, I, and you know, I think if you saw me 10 years ago, there were many things that I didn't do, like say that, you know what, I'm embarrassed of some things that I might have said 15 years ago in my life. We all are though. We right, exactly, yeah. but we don't say it, right? Mm. And I'm proud today that I can say I am sure. because I've moved on from it or I've evolved, right? Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I think it's important that individuals, one, and I say this line often. Sure. You don't have to agree with someone to respect them. Yep. And it, an open mind is the most educated mind. Yeah. And sitting at a table with people with different thoughts and ideals, no matter how extreme it is, yeah. it is okay. That is their thought, that is their ideal. You may not agree with it, yeah. but we've sort of lost this notion of diplomacy and talking through you know, debates. Yeah. Like it is okay to debate. Absolutely, absolutely. And it is okay to have an inner circle that isn't all like you. Sure. You know, we, we are so fixated on diversity in workplaces. I believe, this is a manalism, that we are not focusing uh, of diversity in society. Agreed. The groups you hang out with, the people in your inner circle, yeah. who your, um, you know, your kids are friends with. Yep. Like, we, we track to homogeneous ideals and thoughts because we feel f comfortable. Sure. Right? Sure. I'll give you a story. We were at a diner watching the hockey playoffs, and there was a gentleman from New York sitting to my right who was visiting from out of town, and a gentleman that was living in Dallas on, on my left. And there was a, you know, I, I stepped out for a moment and came back, and I heard them talking about gun control and just having a dialogue. And I don't know where it came from. I don't know. I don't, it's not the point. The fact that they were discussing it, and they were, each had a different side of the coin of, of the equation of what their interests were. It's like they don't agree, right? But the fact that they were having this dialogue was incredible because right. they met in 15 minutes. They met from having watching a hockey game to having this discussion, and it's just that's what we need more of. Yeah, you we need, need more those, of. Even if it's not going to come to an agreement, and right. it, you respect one point of view because that's their point of view. You have to you have to embrace that, right? Even if it's not yours. But having those dialogues is what's going to foster change and foster betterment as opposed to us sitting in our silos and not talking. Yes. And so the more we can do that, the, the merrier, because that's what's going to impact change in a very safe, understanding environment where you won't always agree, but you'll find someone you agree with and then you'll coalesce. And right. that's where you'll create your network that can message out right. what, what, what you believe in. Right. You know, um, I've, I've had this sort of playing in my head, but whenever, you know, I hear something that's a trigger. Like we're all human. Yeah. There are trigger points, right? Um, or I hear an ideal that I'm not maybe, I don't believe in the same ideal or I feel strongly about it, right? Uh, I have learned that in my head I tell myself, okay, it's okay. Like, and it works. And I just tell myself, it's okay. Yeah. That's what they think. That's you know they they are they're processing based on X Y and Z, um, and I do feel as you evolve, and you are in tune with your unconscious state, which drives right your consciousness, and you are able to reflect and and process you know at a, at a different level because you're accepting of different ideals. I do think that makes us a better society, mm -hmm. honestly, mm -hmm. and I also feel like it allows you to evolve as a person and you will not see yourself as the same individual you know as you move forward and you you said that so beautifully because and you have to embrace that change embrace you have to say, it, yes. and say this is what i'm about now i might have been different 10 years yes. ago but here's where i am and here's what i'm going to move forward and so you know this idea of 
of having differences of opinions and having differences of thought have the conversations right and lay and then you know where this where the lay of the land is right and then you can you can build on that and you can grow that and you can be comfortable because they're sensitive topics but you brought it out there and it's beautiful when you have those conversations because right. you have people who say you're changing lives you have that I mean making an impact matters yeah and you have and they have it in their DNA to push forward with yes. their peers yes. and, you, and that's all you want to do is propagate that thought so yeah. that they can be ambassadors to what your thought process yes. is. Yes, no, it's hard. Yeah. It is hard, it's not easy, and this journey is not easy. I don't think, you know, we talk about it and it sounds easy, but it's not easy, and I think it's okay to ask for help. Sure. Um, you know, there, there are so many individuals that I've come across that don't ask for help. I was one of them once upon a time. Sure. And it's more dangerous to not ask for the help, I think. You're right. Um, you know, this this is an important topic. It's something that I don't think will ever go away in society because our minds are just this, it's this intricate muscle. And, you know, there's an, a Buddhist proverb that states, you are your thoughts. Yeah. And you can literally depict what your life looks like. The lens of your life is depicted by your thoughts. For sure. And I read this incredible book. Um, it's a, it was a neuroscience book, and I don't even know actually the name because it was like just one of those like, you know, got, uh, yeah, white yeah, papers. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it stated in there that the brain is such an interesting circuit that you can actually rewire the way you think, the way you process the way you make decisions, like you can literally recreate your brain at any age, at any age. So now when I hear uh, individuals say, well, I mean, they're fixated in their ways. Sure. And I laugh, you know, now I'm like, yeah. well, scientifically. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, there she goes. But I'm like, you you can change that. For sure. And but I, you have yeah. to want to change yeah. that, right? And you can, you can even, I've done experiments in my own mind about taking the same scenario and playing it out on a negative side and on a positive, and it, it works. You it can, works. It works either way. Right. So you can, you can mindset yourself into a negative frame of mind and it will work. Right. But if, and if, if you choose to do that, if you choose to go positive, it will work as well. And, and the thing is, like, we don't, life is short. Like, yeah. time is of essence. For sure. And every second, you know, you're sort of against that time clock. Yeah, yeah. And in my ideal, and in your ideal, it's like, how do you want to live it, right? Look, there are things we cannot control. Definitely. Situations, maybe dependencies, maybe tough times, yeah. right? You can't control the situation, it's there. Yeah. It's happening, right? And it's gonna be hard. And it's going to be challenging, especially right now where, you know, you have many individuals laid off. Sure. Um, it's hard. Uh, but you have to, you know, play the cards that you're dealt. Yeah. And how will you play those cards, right? That's important, I think. Um, Ashik, this has been an amazing conversation. Oh, First of all, I'm trying not to tear up, but you're tearing up, and I'm about to tear up. Oh, well, you're very, very kind um, about that. But yeah. thank you so much for coming on. For sure and talking about a difficult subject. 
especially because it's a subject that you have dealt with and it's part ingrained in your journey. Um, And it's easy to get you as a top executive, Columbia grad and talk about business. Sure. But I think this matters more and this drives better business, better leaders, sure. you know, yeah. better it's an, societies. An incredible platform you have to have this, have the courage to bring this out in a topic that's sensitive and for us to have that platform and, and share that, I'm, I'm grateful for you. Thank you. And for anyone who, who is struggling, I will tell you, there's help out there, there's there's resource and there's hope and just but, but, but you have to do the work. There's work to be done and there's resources out there and they work together. So find your resources and then do the work and it will be, uh, you'll be in a happier place for sure. Yeah, thank you. Thank for you sure. for everything, yeah. being here and the journey. Uh, it's, we, you know, we, we take gratitude for granted mm-hmm. and um, I am grateful. Oh. I came in today a little flustered because I had a crazy morning. Sure. But I, I had to recheck myself and be grateful for the things I have, for the friends that I have, for the peer group that I have, for moments like this. Sure. So thank you, Asha. Well, thank you. It was great. Thanks very much. Thank you for tuning in. On each episode, we will continue to bring on successful, dynamic individuals to dig deep and share stories that will inspire you to power up your life. This show is packed with unrivaled storytelling and no reservation advice. Tune in now by searching Power Up with Manal wherever podcasts are found. Please show us just a little bit of love by leaving a review and hitting that subscribe button. This helps our small production get reach and voices heard globally. Let's power up together, baby.